Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On this episode of History Worth Saving, we're talking to a lifelong teacher, a music educator who started her journey helping a lady who'd become mute after her experiences in Europe during the Holocaust. Learning that she could still sing, and eventually rediscovering her ability to speak through music led my childhood music teacher on an incredible ride. All of this makes the amazing life of Beth Hookya history worth saving. Miss Hookya, thanks for being here. Well, you're quite welcome. It's my pleasure because I feel so strongly about the power of music. Uh, there's a lot more uh, uh, going on now looking at the brain and what music does for it, how it strengthens different parts of the brain. But what I remember most strongly is a student that I had long years ago when I was a senior in, high, in college and I was working in a summer job at Western Psychiatric Clinic in Pittsburgh, part of the University of Pittsburgh. And I was given a student by one of the psychiatrists who said, perhaps you can help her because she is unable to speak, but she will sing. And apparently she had been a singer of some note when she was in Europe. She was there during the time of the Holocaust. Holocaust. I don't know whether she was involved in it as a Jewish person or whether she observed it. But whatever it was, was terribly traumatic, and she would never speak. So in his treatment of her, he was hoping that music might help. So she came to me, and we did vocal exercises, all the things that I would do with any normal student. And she would sing the words. She had quite a beautiful voice, but she would not speak them. And this went on for about two months until I was about ready to leave to go back to college. And one day she spoke to me. I was in shock. At the moment, I do have, I have no memory of what she said to me, except she did speak. And I spoke to her psychiatrist afterwards and told him, and this was the big breakthrough for her. It was not anything I did. It was music that did it. And I have found through my rather long career as a music educator that this happens with so many students. I have had students who I have had uh, students who were having trouble just associating with other people, but through music and through music theater in, per, in particular, they've come out of their shells and become 
the person that they really wanted to be, but were afraid. You have had such an impact on so many people, and I and I want to set the stage here because you did. You you started off uh, there, at, you know, Western Psychiatric, uh, there mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, and I I heard this story later in my life. I had been one of your students. You had this yes. whole period, I'm going to call it your uh, your music man phase, where you were the hometown <laughs> music teacher uh, living in a small town, not in Indiana, but in South Texas. That's and right. If you got accepted to Mrs. Hookia's music program <laughs> at her house, you were doing something. Maybe not as, as, you know, maybe not completely correct, but but you were doing something. I had been through, I don't know how many music teachers I had abused. You know, the lady with too many cats and uh, the, the piano teacher that probably should have slapped my hands and kicked me out and said, you're not practicing now, leave. And, and then I discovered I discovered you and, and we, we had some wonderful, wonderful times together. And it was uh, it was a broadening experience for me uh, that I will I, I will never forget. But I, I'm not alone in this. I mean, you you had so many students that came through there, but I had never heard this story until I was an adult. And I remember yeah. sitting there in your music room uh, back before you sold your home, uh, which was just to set the scene. I mean, small town, South Texas, you walk into this music room. There's right. not one piano. There's two pianos, uh, yes, like a right. dueling piano bar for a lack of a better explanation. And, and, and gorgeous. An and well, an organ, right. And a harpsichord. <laughs> but there was this this wall of 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 music uh, that was there. Uh, sheet yes. music and then wonderful wood paneling and a, and a big sofa. And I mean, this was a study. It really was. <laughs> it was a study and a, and a beautiful, beautiful space to to learn the art of music and to really open your mind up to everything that was going on. Uh, and it do was you remember, wonderful. Do you remember the, all the chickens and ducks that sat on the back of the sofa in there? I oh, don't yeah. know Do you remember oh, those. Yes. Yeah. But that was for young children who were a little, um, I, uh, not upset, but certain strange coming in uh, to a person they didn't know. They got to hold ducks and right. some of them squeaked. Right. <laughs> some of them I talked. needed every one of those ducks when I was in high school. But, but <laughs> this was this was a part of your career that came later. Before that, you had been uh, teaching in schools as a, as not yes. only a choir director, uh, but as a music director. And he did so much. And so it, it all started, though, which I think is just so fantastic with this incredible experience with this lady who had experienced the Holocaust. Yes. When a light went off in your head so early in your career, before they ever knew about music therapy or any of this other stuff. Yes, that's right. I just love that story. And I love starting there because you started and you continued there playing the piano. Yes. Well, not right now. I have an autistic student. I am up here in Dallas. When I was in Portland during the pandemic, I couldn't have students in my home. So I taught them by FaceTime. And when I moved up to Dallas, I had six that said, we want to continue. And so to this day, I still have my students from Portland and I meet them on FaceTime once a week. I teach piano and voice, and one of the students is autistic. His mother told me when they asked if I would do this, and this was a challenge because I had never done this before. 
but he has become one of my beloved students. I will tell you that. He is so excited. He has been homeschooled, but he was taking voice lessons to start with, which is pretty difficult for an autistic child. Now he decided he wanted to take piano lessons. He went out at a garage sale and bought himself a keyboard and he was so thrilled. He brought it in and said, look what I have. And he is now taking piano lessons and doing fine. Music is so strong. People simply don't understand. I have had so many people up here say, oh, I I played the piano when I was a child, but I didn't like it and I didn't continue. And I think, oh, why, why, why? So now I am going to be on the uh, resident council here it, where I'm living. And my job is going to be activities. And the first activity I've already started we're going to have a singing class. And these are people who have not sung for years. They come to Vespers and they kind of mumble around. We did Christmas caroling last year and they are singing. Singing makes you happy. Being a piano makes you happy. It inspires something in the brain to work that perhaps has been dormant for a long time. So I am determined to get these old people singing. And I say old people because I'm one of them, but I am still singing. I'm still doing some solo work. I sing in the choir at my church. And even at my age, which I will not mention at this time, I can outsing a lot of those younger people in, in that choir because I, I was talking to the choir director, who is, is a really fine person, and I said, I know I'm having a little trouble with breath control as I get older. And he said, but you haven't had any trouble with your voice because you have kept singing and that's what I want to do for these people now get them back to the place where they can sing again and enjoy music and the hymns that they have sung in their childhood which brings back wonderful memories I never stop. <laughs> I, well, I know that. And, you know, if I if I was your age, I wouldn't tell my age not out of, uh, <laughs> of you know, any any type of, uh, of secret about it. But I wouldn't tell your age out of respect for those who are not as old as you, uh, who are not doing as well as you. <laughs> because That's exactly I, right. I, I, And I'm serious. I, you know, but I, I wanted to I wanted to share another memory. One of the most uh, powerful things that you ever said, and I and I didn't realize this was a hot button. The uh, this well, there was a song that came up uh, that, that we were working on at the mm-hmm. time, and I think Frank Sinatra uh, had performed it. Okay. And you you looked at me and you said, you know, that Sinatra guy was horrible with his voice and he he <laughs> drinking and smoking to take a real singer like tony bennett now there's a guy <laughs> you, know, and, and, you know tony bennett could still sing just like the day he started i mean well then then there was that beautiful moment uh not long ago where tony bennett walks out on stage with with lady gaga of all the people to become friends i have with. that recorded Holy on my smokes. tv i love that program was that yeah. not incredible and all i could think about in watching that was was 
Mrs. Hookya <laughs> reminding me of <laughs> of what of what he did. I'm not going to mention the fact that apparently he he liked to he did smoke something other than apparently, but but <laughs> that but we're just going to let that you know be where it needs to be with Mr. Bennett. But I, I thought sure. that was so so spectacular that his mind suddenly reconnected and opened up. But it was Lady Gaga who went and got him and told him he could sing. And I have been amazed at that, too. When I first saw her, I thought, this is really weird. But now that I have heard her more and more, I think she is a pretty spectacular musician herself. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. without a doubt. But, I, I it, yeah. you know, all of the craziness aside <laughs> that, that sometimes comes with these incredibly creative people... I mean, yeah. that was a beautiful moment uh, oh, to yes. see that. And it made me think of you. It really did. Because this lifelong wonderlust for music that has kept you going, it, it's inspired other areas of your life. I, I remember when you said, well, I'm going to Midway. And I'm thinking Chicago <laughs> Midway Airport. Why would Miss Hook you go there? But no, no, no. The, the South Pacific Island <laughs> to, to go to go take pictures of birds. For a while, you were you were traveling all of the time. Oh, yes. And, oh, yes. And you were not necessarily a spring chicken back then, but it didn't deter <laughs> you. You were gallivanting all across the globe to capture these birds. Well, I'll tell you what I'm doing now. I have saved all these pictures from from the trips I've taken, and I always kept a journal of everything I did day by day specifically. So now I'm putting together PowerPoint presentations and presenting them here. And we have done Galapagos, and we have done uh, Iceland the last time. I'm preparing one on Cook Islands in New Zealand, and then we'll do Australia. And so I am reliving all those wonderful trips that I took and all those fantastic birds. Uh, and, And one of the things that I just came across when we were in Christchurch in New Zealand, we happened to be there at the cathedral at the time of Evensong, and we got to hear the boys' choir do that. And, oh, that that was such a thrilling, thrilling experience. Uh, that Those beautiful boy soprano voices are so clear and lovely in that atmosphere. It was just, it was just one of those high points of the trip. Even though I love the birds, <laughs> they were special too. But those boys were, were just gorgeous. And they train for years to be able to do that. The, oh, yeah. the, that's very special. One of my favorite boys choir songs uh, mm-hmm. is Going Home. Uh, the, yes. the wonderful old hymn. And I've, I've yeah. let it be known that the day that I have to go six feet under, I hope that's played. If they can't get the boys' choir, you know, that's fine. But <laughs> but that, to me, is one of those special songs that just that, that reaches somewhere inside of you and pulls it out. And I wanted to ask you, what songs do that for you? Uh, the ones that I have already planned for my funeral. Well, no, not are... necessarily your funeral, but just the ones that, that reach into you, that, that really grab you. And I'm sure you've had a lot of them over your life, but... But what are those? Well, is there a type? I remember uh, a young man singing Gary Indiana one time yeah. that was pretty impressive. With dyed red hair. <laughs> Let me tell you what a disaster it was having dyed red hair the first day of junior high gym class. <laughs> oh, that, that, was, that was an experience <laughs> that I don't recommend to anyone. But, oh, but yeah, I mean, shit. so 
but, but are there are there songs that 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 reach in and and grab you still? Yeah, the one that really reaches me is uh, uh, Pavarotti's uh, some of his songs. And oh my, such a talent that we lost uh, when he sang at the Olympics, opening Olympics, mm-hmm. when they had them in in Rome, and he sang. And for some reason, I can't say the name of it now. And I thought, what a treasure this man is. He has brought operatic music to people who thought they would never love opera. And it's just, I, I, I have his recordings and I still get them out sometimes and, and just listen to the quality, the talent of this, this magnificent voice. It's once in a lifetime. And yeah. has that stayed with you, that style, the, that, that operatic style? Is that something that has resonated with you from day one? Or is it, has it changed as you've, as you've gone through life, the, the oh, styles of music that... that I'm very that really eclectic. Yeah. <laughs> I used to listen to Saturday night opera, Saturday afternoon operas from the Metropolitan. And I could remember lying on the floor. My mother would turn it on and I just lie, lie there and listen to it. it. Opera is not one of my very favorite styles of music, although there are arias that that uh, I love and I have sung. But there, I like music, period. You know, I... Uh, it, it's new Christy minstrels were, were <laughs> fun by and, and the King singers and there's just lots of things that I really really love and I don't know whether it's rhythm now that's one of the things that you have to remember when you're dealing with music therapy is that rhythm will catch parts of the brain that have been inactive so marching i love to watch the, the ohio state marching band i think they are spectacular in texas a&m because there is a beat mm. and the beat is is deep within our brains and it can arouse emotions that nothing else can there is one thing that, that that comes close, and that is once a year, you would make food that would be <laughs> strategically placed in your kitchen uh, that that was second to none. And, and for those students who were slightly on the fence about continuing with the Beth Hook School of Music, baklava always seemed to bring them oh, back. Oh my goodness, yes. I haven't made that for years. But you know, I still cook up here. We have a little kitchenette. And so every Friday, my granddaughter Meg comes over and we'll bake something. And then I take it around to neighbors and friends uh, because that's that's the fun thing to do. They don't get anything homemade. I think I'm the only person that uses a cook kitchen up here and have... Uh, you know, I used to do recitals and always had a spread of everything. Well, I had to have brownies. That was absolute um, necessity. But the kids love those. And I think they do up here, too. It's a, Somebody said, do you make peanut butter cookies? And I said, yes, I have my mother's recipe for peanut butter cookies. And they said, oh, okay, I will make them next Friday. And that's another thing that the taste that the sense 
we're talking about senses when we're talking about music and speech and singing and and all that but um just to bring back that feeling of of home cooking and it makes these people so happy to just get a cupcake or a couple cookies on a, on a little paper plate they are just overjoyed so it's what i can do to help people and a lot of them up here need help the memory is going mine's not but for the most part except i couldn't remember that aria <laughs> i'll think of it later <laughs> <laughs> but you have, you've brought so much joy to so many people. And I, and I love hearing you talk about not only what you're doing now, uh, but your, your eclectic love of music. And, and to quote our, our, one of our favorites together, Tony Bennett again. Uh, yes. He, oh, he's yes. often quoted in saying there are two types of music. There's good and there's bad. And there's really no genre, you know, but that's so true. And, and it's, it's much like food. Uh, there's good food and there's bad food. Um, I seem to like the good, but I cook it badly for whatever reason. But I, I think it's, I think that these, these things that bring us joy uh, that, that you have tapped into today are so critical to keep around. And I, and I wanted to ask, because there's a lot of people who, who cannot sing and maybe they, they don't have any rhythm or they can't play the piano. What do you say to those people who show up and say, well, I, I want to experience music in a way I have never experienced it. How, how do you help them? What do you do? What do you recommend? There are, I, well, the first thing I say, you're speaking so you can sing. Your vocal apparatus is operating. Can you hear? Yes, you can hear. And so there's no reason physically then that you cannot sing it may be that you cannot match a pitch and that is a matter of training but you can try you get the breath going first and then you start making sounds and then just generally Keep going at that until you match the pitch and you can sustain it. So it's a physical thing with breathing, getting all the apparatus in order so it will work. But I think these people that say, I cannot sing, it's a mental thing. They don't want to sing or they're embarrassed to use their voice because the voice is a very personal thing. This is you, the inside of you that is expressing itself. And there cannot be anything more personal than that. Some people are afraid of that, I think. Hmm. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, we can all sing if we can speak. Uh, that's, that is remarkable, though, that uh, it's a learned skill. That's so, right. There you go. So study the greats and and find something that you like and then get out there and try and match the pitch and, and, and match the music. Yes. You're doing yeah. so much today. You're not looking, you're not looking back. You're still looking forward. That's all I've heard oh, yes. this whole, this whole time uh, yes. is this continuous uh, look forward when it's all said well, and done. What do you, what do you want people to remember about, about you? What do you want them to say about you? Because you're still, you're still laying track 
You're still oh, you bet. You're still going. I mean, the best is yet to come with Beth Hookya. What do you want us well, to take away, though? I I hope so. Uh, I will whisper to you that I am 91 now, and I have no intentions of quitting. Uh, eventually, I know my heart will give out, and when I know that the end is coming I want to feel that I have done as much as I could for my family and my friends and my students and has made as many people happy as I could because I have been given a gift that not everybody has been lucky enough to have it's it's been a good trip Beth Hookia Yes. You're certainly history worth saving. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Matt. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the History Worth Saving podcast. Until next time, I'm Matt Jolly, and this is History Worth Saving. History Worth Saving.